Good morning, everybody. I made sure I got my own water bottle this morning because Warren threatened last week he was going to leave that dirty one up here. So, hope you are all well this morning. That was a good word. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace um, because, because of Jesus, we are welcome there. And... Uh, the, the past three weeks, uh, the sermons have been focusing on declaring God's word and how important that is for us to speak the word in so many ways. And uh, this morning, uh, we're going to be reminded of a kind of a different aspect of declaring God's word, and that is um, speaking in tongues. And uh, a couple weeks ago, when I was having my quiet time, the Lord um, kind of exhorted and encouraged me with this word. He said, you don't know the edification and fruitfulness that comes from praying in tongues. You're a man who loves the word. My word flows like a fountain when you pray in tongues. So we've hit on a lot of things about declaring God's word, but here's one actually very special, unique, uh, sometimes we think of a kind of weird one, but, you know, when we, when we speak in tongues, when we pray in tongues, um, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to God through us. And uh, that's definitely declaring the word of God. And the Lord was just saying to me, hey, don't neglect this. Uh, do you understand how powerful it is? So this morning we're going to look at trying to answer some, some questions about that gift. Um, let me read a few a few uh, examples from Acts where it tells about that the believers spoke in tongues. First one at Pentecost, Acts 2.4. It says, All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And in Acts 10.44-46, after Peter had uh, spoken the word to the Gentile believers, uh, it says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And a third one is in Acts 19, verse 6, uh, when Paul was uh, with the new believers in Ephesus, and it says, when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So we see these things in the book of Acts when, uh, when people are baptized with the Holy Spirit, that a lot of times it says that two things happen, that they spoke in tongues and or they prophesied. And when I look at that, I, I see the Holy Spirit is, is kind of a facilitator of two-way communication between us and God. And speaking in tongues and prophecy are kind of like, a, almost like a two-way radio, like walkie-talkie, uh, if you will, um, between us and God uh, and the conduit of the word of, the word of the Lord. But, you know, did you ever wonder, why does the Holy Spirit enable believers to speak in tongues? What's going on when we do? It's kind of a weird thing. Um, I think Bob Heil called it, he thought it was kind of kooky. And it's, 
it's kind of a misunderstood gift, and it's, um, some people think it's really weird. Some people feel like, I, I think I'd be too embarrassed to, to do that. And, and we who, who believe in it and have it, sometimes, I don't know, we just, I wonder if we think, well, I know it's something we should do, but what exactly is going on when that happens? And uh, so we kind of want to look at that this morning. I, the goal is, to, uh, what the Lord wanted to do for me is encourage us to use this gift more and more, to take advantage of it uh, and to be activated in it if we are not active in it at, at right now. Um, so the first question is this. When we speak in tongues, who is speaking? Is it me? Is it the Holy Spirit? Yeah, the answer is yes. <laughs> it's both. It's it's a team effort. It's a cooperative effort. What it said in the first passage we read in Acts, it said, they began to speak in other tongues. They began to speak in other tongues. They were doing the speaking as the Spirit enabled them. So they were speaking in tongues. The Holy Spirit was giving them the words. And uh, we're, we're kind of used to being in control of our own speech. Uh, therefore, we have a hard time sometimes thinking, how is the Holy Spirit going to speak through me? What's, gonna, what's he going to do? Um, but when we speak in tongues, it's really the Holy Spirit providing the words for us to speak. He's bypassing our cognitive thinking process. He is praying and speaking obviously perfect things, just the right words that, that need to be spoken, that need to be said for whatever situation it is. Uh, whatever kind of worship, whatever kind of prayers um, that need to be declared, he's declaring them. And uh, it's, uh, it's the truth. We're speaking the truth. He's our helper, and he's helping us in that way. And it's an amazing gift. It's kind of strange, but it's amazing. So another question is, uh, when we speak in tongues, just what are we speaking? Well, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, the first two verses. Now, in that's a, that's a whole long chapter that's devoted. It's probably in the Bible, that's the most information we're given about speaking in tongues. Uh, and also prophecy. But notice, let's give a disclaimer first. What Paul is talking about there, he's talking to the Corinthian church about what they were doing in their worship services. And so some people read that and they say, well, prophecy is awesome and tongues, not so much. But that's not really what, if you look at it, that's not really what Paul is saying. He's saying in their worship services, he's talking about what, what's most beneficial in the worship service. But we want to look at it um, this morning in light of what exactly, what information is he telling us here about the gift of tongues? So in the first two verses it says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Okay, interesting that he says we should desire spiritual gifts. It's not just like, he didn't say fatally accept whatever spiritual gifts you found that God has given you. No, it's earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Um, especially that you may prophesy. For the one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. 
Okay, so the first thing we see from that, it says the one who speaks in a tongue, who are we speaking to? God. Okay, so, so we're speaking to God, and that's good because he can understand what we're saying. Okay, people probably don't understand, most of the time, many times, don't understand what we're saying. We probably don't understand what we're saying, but God does. All right, but let's also look at what it says he utters mysteries in the spirit. What, what does that mean, mystery? Uh, a mystery in our culture is like something that nobody knows and nobody can know often, right? But uh, looking up that word in Strong's Dictionary, it's pronounced musterion, means a mystery, a secret, of which initiation is necessary. In the New Testament, it's the counsels of God, something that was once hidden but now has been revealed. So it's talking about revelation of God. So it's talking about like it's used when it says the God's plan for salvation, the gospel was revealed, right? Um, in the Helps Word Studies, it says that in the Bible, a mystery is not something that's unknowable to us, but rather it, mean, it refers to what we can only know through God's revelation, that God reveals it to us. So, so what we can say about what, what we're speaking in tongues is that it's mysteries, it's, it's revelation from God. And that's an awesome thing. How many of you could use some revelation from God about, you know, we've got the word of God, and, and there are Christians who believe, uh, we've got the Bible, that's every bit of the word of God that we need. And, uh, well, yeah, in a way that's true, but how much wisdom do we need on a day-to-day -day basis? And what do we need to minister to people? What do we need to address things in our own life? And what do we need to help us to pray? Um, and so, you know, this really agrees with what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 16. Uh, he said to his disciples, this was the night before he died, he said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. In other words, it says he, he's taking the wisdom and the information, the knowledge, everything that is of Jesus and declaring it to us. Like he's our personal tutor. He's our personal uh, mouthpiece of God the Father and Jesus. And what is Jesus? He says, all things that the Father has are mine. And that's what, therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Do you see, is there any limit on the resources that the Holy Spirit can reveal to you not just all at once, but at the time, at the, just the right time, whenever we need it. And Jesus said, right now, you're not ready for it. But at the right time, you should be glad the Holy Spirit's coming. I'm going away so that you can have whatever the Father has that you need. That, how rich is that resource? And that's what it's saying. That, that revelation, um, Paul connects to praying in tongues. 
Uh, going, continuing in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, uh, verses 13 to 17. It says, Therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. Okay, so what it, that's saying right there, it's, it's a reasonable thing to ask the Holy Spirit to give you interpretation or understanding of what you're praying in tongues. Okay, because Paul's telling us, uh, pray, pray for an interpretation. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit. I will sing with my mind also. Otherwise, if you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone in position of an outsider say amen to your thanksgiving when he does not know what you're saying? Okay, so there's a clue right there that sometimes when we're praying in tongues, we are praying thanksgiving to God. And we are uh, praising God uh, with the words that, are, that the Spirit is saying. Verse 17, For you may be giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not being built up. Okay, so we, we see that it's definitely prayer. There's communication with God going on. It can be thanksgiving and praise to God. It can be used in intercession for people. Uh, Ephesians 6.18, right after he talks about the armor of God, put on the armor of God doing battle with the enemy, with our spiritual enemies. It's, he says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Now, what does he mean there by pray in the spirit? Well, there's not just one. Tongues is not the only way that we pray in the spirit, but it certainly is one. Another way is that, that we'll pray in the Spirit and the Holy Spirit is helping us use words in our own language to pray. And it also, there's a, a verse about that in Romans that, that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings that words cannot express. So there's probably an unspoken kind of intercession that the Holy Spirit helps us to make or makes on our behalf. But certainly, uh, we should not count out the fact that it's talking about praying in a prayer language, praying in tongues here, and that that's interceding. We can intercede for people. Now, a lot of times, we don't know what to pray for. In fact, we don't even know what situations are going on around the world that God could use us to pray for. But would you like to be available for God to have you pray for what's happening right now, what needs to be done? Wouldn't that be awesome? I believe that that's something that we can do when we pray in tongues through the Holy Spirit. Um, maybe you've heard me say this story before, but um, John Bevere, uh, a Christian minister, tells a story about when he was in college at Purdue University, and uh, one night he was teaching about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and there was one young sorority woman who, was, who received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and her prayer language with it and uh, you know he had encouraged them to use it well the, the next morning she woke up in her, her room uh, like at 5 in the morning and felt this burden that she should use her new gift to pray in tongues and so she did 
And she remembered that John had said, hey, when you're praying, you can ask God. It's okay to ask God to reveal to you, to your mind, uh, what kind of, what you're praying about. And so she did ask, and she got this impression that she was praying for an older man who was having a a life and death emergency. And so she kept on praying fervently until uh, almost an hour later, she kind of felt like, she was done, that the need was, was done. And uh, five minutes after that, the phone rang and uh, her roommate found out that the roommate's grandfather had had a heart attack right at 5 a.m. And they saved his life and he was stabilized five minutes before that. <laughs> and so God showed her, yep, that's what you were, <laughs> that's what you were praying for. Now, how, there's no way that she would have known that. No, no way that she possibly could have, but... But that's, uh, you know, it's a supernatural thing. Uh, we should not be surprised that the Holy Spirit wants to do supernatural things in our lives, to, to put a supernatural edge on our prayer life. And so that's one thing, intercession, that's a, that's a benefit of, the, of speaking in tongues. Now, you might have this question. You might think, well, back in 1 Corinthians 12, didn't it say... Uh, that we all have differing gifts. Uh, Verse 28, it says, And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? The implied answer, well, we know it's no, right? Not everybody's an apostle. Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? The implied answer is no. God has distributed different gifts to different people. Not everybody has the same giftings from the Holy Spirit. We are a body of Christ and we need each other and he's given us all different gifts. So is that saying that, you know, is that saying well, you, sh- you shouldn't expect that you have the ability to pray in tongues even if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, I don't think so. Um, I don't think that's the meaning of it. Uh, David, a-, a question would be, what particular gift of tongues is he talking about? Because in chapter 14, it also says there are different kinds of tongues. Um, a man named David Pitches uh, who wrote a book called Spiritual Gifts in the Local Church, uh, explains that the Bible shows at least three different types or uses of the gift of tongues. Uh, he says, number one, there's the, the use of tongues in public worship. I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong part. The use of tongues where utterance is not understood by the speaker, but overheard, overheard by members of the public and without interpretation understood by those whose own language it is. So on the day of Pentecost, uh, when the Holy Spirit was poured out with tongues of fire lighted on, and they all started speaking in tongues and pro- as the Spirit enabled them, and people that were there in Jerusalem said, what's going on? We hear the praises of God being declared in our own language. And so at least some of these believers that were baptized in the Holy Spirit on that day were, 
speaking a, a type of tongues that was a real human language that was meant as a sign for those people in Jerusalem on that day because there were visitors from all different countries there that day. And, and he, they heard uh, the, the disciples declaring God's praises in those languages. And they're like, what's going on? And Peter got up and explained it and led 3,000 of them to the Lord. And so uh, that does happen today where it's a real language. Um, an example that Kathy's told me before of something that happened in this church a long time ago, I think maybe the late 70s. You remember Mike and Mark Knudsen? Uh, they were uh, adopted as young elementary age boys from India. The Knudsen's adopted them. And I think it was several weeks after they had come to America and they had been recently adopted. They were in the service here and somebody stood up and gave a message in tongues in the service. Uh, maybe it was Dorothy Tapiner. Kathy wasn't sure. And as she did that, uh, one of the boys tugged on his mom's sh shoulder and said, I know what she's saying. Because she was... She was speaking, and I don't know if it was Tamil or Telugu, but whatever language, his native language, she was speaking. She didn't know that. Um, but God wanted to speak to those boys. And, and so he used her language of tongues. So that's an example of, of that one. That's one kind. The second kind is the use of tongues in public worship. The language used is unknown and should be followed by an interpretation given by the Holy Spirit. And these are the, the things that Paul was giving instructions about in uh, 1 Corinthians 14. Uh, that he's saying uh, they shouldn't all be standing up and speaking out loudly in church in tongues. It was just creating chaos and confusion because nobody was being edified without an interpretation. Um, and so he was giving instructions on how they should, how the service ought to go and that there should be some order to the use of these gifts. And so um, that's something that goes on today. And God wants to speak something. He wants to impart something in the church meeting or in whatever situation it is by the person standing up and using that gift. But it goes hand in hand with another gift the interpretation of tongues. And it's something that we ought to expect happen in our meetings um, because it's a kind of gift of tongues. Now what I would say is that these first two kinds are what Paul was talking about when he said, do all speak in tongues? And the answer is no. Not everybody has that those particular gifts in tongues. But the third type of use or use of tongues is the use of tongues in private which needs no interpretation though apparently this could be asked for uh, Mr. Pitches says uh, most of those who use the gift in private have never exercised it in public worship public exercise is a distinct anointing yet a link between the public and private use appears to exist that is, any person who exercises the gift of tongues in public 
almost invariably uses the gift in private. So this type of tongues is what I believe uh, the Bible shows us is available to any believer who desires and asks for it. Uh, We often call it a prayer language. And uh, later I want to talk about what can we do to, to receive that. But first I want to ask this question. What are the benefits of praying in tongues? What good comes from it? We've looked at some of the things already about prayer, right? But we could also probably summarize the benefits of praying in tongues or praying in your prayer language with this. In uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4, Paul says, The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Okay, so it's good. Prophecy is a great thing in the service. When you prophesy to somebody, you're building them up. But... Let's not overlook what it says first. The one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up. Another translation of it is the word edify. You edify yourself when you pray in tongues. And that's what the Lord spoke to me. It's like, you don't know the depth or the greatness of the edification that's possible when you pray in tongues. Um, you know, it's, it's the word like building a house or building a building. Um, you are being built up when you pray in your prayer language. John Bevere talks about, you know, he's a writer, and when he's writing his books, there are times when he's writing and writing and just feels like the Lord has given him ideas in his mind, and then all of a sudden it kind of dries up. He's got kind of a writer's block. What does he do? Well, he's found that he'll get up and he will start praying in tongues. He needs inspiration. He needs revelation. What God, what do you want me to write? And he will go and do that. And um, after a while, he says, um, inspired ideas and words start coming into his mind. He can sit back down and start, start writing more. That's what I do, you know, when I'm, I'm looking for a Bible passage uh, I'm asking, I'm asking the Holy Spirit, what, what do you want me to say? I'm kind of in the habit of start praying in tongues because it's, it says that when you do that, you're speaking mysteries or revelation from God. And I believe that, that you know, it's, it's going up to God, but it's also it's the word of God. It's getting deposited in your spirit. And the way John Bevere describes it, he's like, from your spirit just sort of like bubbles up into your understanding, into your, into your mind. He says sometimes it's not immediately, uh, but it's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a heart-to-heart, a deep communication between us and God that is able to get into our area of understanding. It can be revealed to our, to our minds. Um, there's another testimony that John Bevere gives of the time he was ministering in Mexico uh, speaking at a church and all of a sudden right before the meeting the authorities, the local police came and gave a threat to the pastor like you better not have this meeting or we're going to shut you down or something, I can't remember. And um, John was supposed to be the speaker so he's like what should we do and the pastor said well, we're going to have the meeting so John's like well what am I going to speak <laughs> and so he went out and he said there was a flagpole he said he walked around the flagpole and prayed in tongues and um, 
As he did, God gave him ideas about what to preach. And he went in and preached it. And these authorities ended up showing up. And, but whatever, I can't remember exactly what he preached on, but uh, the authorities <laughs> were touched by God and came up to the altar and were saved and filled with the Holy Spirit too. So, uh, you know, that's a, that's a testimony about um, something that's, that's happened. Jude chapter 1, there's only one chapter, verses 20 and 21 says this, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. So there he's connecting praying in the Holy Spirit to building yourselves up in faith. And also a connection there with keeping yourselves in the love of God. And I'm thinking, okay, so he's talking about us being edified or built up as we pray in the Spirit, as we pray in tongues. Um, what kind of what kind of possibilities could there be of God, ways that God can edify us or build us up through that? I'm just thinking, and you might be thinking too. Um, you know, here, one thing is revelation of God's love. How often do we need that? Every day, I think. Um, and building up of our faith, encouragement of our faith. Um, I was thinking wisdom, what to do in a situation. The right words to say. I hope that every day I, God gives me the right words. You know, I, don't ha I know I don't have the right words for the situations that God leads me into. I need him to deposit the right words and speak through me. Um, physically speaking, uh, we can be built up. Um, here's a testimony. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of a woman named Jackie Pullinger. She is a, a famous missionary who ministered in a bad part of Hong Kong, the walled city. And she had a ministry, in, I guess it was in the 70s, started in the 70s, to heroin ad addicts there. It was a place where heroin uh, use, abuse was terrible. And they were ministering to these people who are, had hit rock bottom. And heroin is, up, is like an impossible, almost drug to come off on has terrible um, withdrawal symptoms and so they would they would minister to these people and they would these people would get saved and they'd get them baptized with the Holy Spirit but they'd have to go through withdrawals uh, so they had a secret way to get them through withdrawal they would tell them to use their prayer language and their experience with everybody who did it was that as long as they were praying in tongues, the symptoms would go away. And, uh, you know, if they, this, this is in her book, you can read it, that when she, when they stopped praying in tongues, the symptoms would come back. Start praying in tongues, the symptoms would go away again. And so they got through the withdrawal, past the withdrawal time, by praying in tongues. So that's, that's, that's edification. That's a physical kind of edification. So physically, uh, 
we need edification. Um, fighting temptation, praying in tongues, is a way to build ourselves up against that when we meet that. Uh, emotion, our emotions can be built up. Uh, if you feel depressed, if you're fighting fear, I know in the past there are times I've fought fears, and when I pray in tongues, the fear would subside. You know, you know, because fighting fear, you've got to go through and face your fears, but you need some help from God. You know, um, anger, worry, discouragement, pray in tongues. Uh, you need to be built up. Um, when we need spiritual authority for the situations we face, pray in tongues. Uh, we need other gifts, pray in tongues. I don't know if there's a connection, but I've been praying more in tongues just throughout the day. And so I don't know, when I laid hands on Caleb last night, neither he nor I like felt this really strong faith about it. <laughs> but I don't know if, if praying in tongues built me up so that that gift of healing could flow when I prayed for him. Um, but it makes a lot of sense. Um, boldness. We need boldness. Uh, that will happen. Witnessing ability. Pray in tongues. That will build you up in that. Um, and freedom in your worship. You know, it's said that uh, Paul talks about you, you, will be, you may be praising God uh, so pray in tongues. Uh, that's just a list that I could think of. I think there are probably innumerable ways we can be edified as we pray in tongues. Um, do you see what God is saying? Like, There's a treasure there that we're not totally comprehending, but he wants us to more and more. Um, So the final question would be this. How can I receive my prayer language in tongues or become more fluent in using it? And I don't know where you stand as far as, as the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the gift of tongues. But Jesus said for all who believe in him, he wants to baptize or fill us with the Holy Spirit. And I believe the Bible shows that if we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, that we can have uh, at least the kind of tongues that is that personal prayer language to God. And uh, I want to read you a testimony uh, from Bob Heil. He's one of our founders. He, uh, this chapel outside the door, this chapel is name, named for him. And... Uh, he was a Lutheran pastor, and this book called Lessons from the Furnace, I think there's another name for it, and it's on the bookshelf back there in the back office area, library area, um, that he, uh, he came into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He went to this conference. I think it happened at the place where Amy and Cruz got married there in Festus. I, I don't know if it was that conference of the Holy Spirit, Ruth, Ruth was there, right? And, but he says that, well, anyway, during this conference, all the pastors laid hands on him to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And um, he, at the end of that day, he came, he, he had a firm faith that God had indeed baptized him with the Holy Spirit, but he had not spoken in tongues. He had not received his prayer language. Uh, and 
So, um, you know, he really, really, really desired it. And I just want to read what he says. That night, I was sound asleep at about 2 o'clock in the morning when the Lord came into the room. Again, there was the sensation of electricity going through me, wave after wave of it. I awoke and could hardly breathe. I knew the Lord was standing there. I could not hear him. I could not see him or touch him, but I knew he was there and that he wanted me to pray. I went into the living room in the dark and began to pray. I tried desperately to pray in tongues. There had been an earlier day when I had despised tongues, when I had said, God, give me the Holy Spirit, but not tongues. I had thought it was the kookiest thing I had ever heard of. But sudden, a sudden conviction had come from God, and he had spoken to me. Who are you to despise my gift? Uh, maybe he's speaking that to some of us this morning. Um, I said, Oh Lord, I am sorry, but it is the least of all your gifts. The Lord replied, Who told you it is the least of my gifts? The scriptures do not say that. Besides, who are you to think that you deserve more than just the least of my gifts? I repented that instant. <clears throat> now I was asking God to give me the gift of tongues. I did not want to miss any blessing of God. I knelt there in the dark, crying out to God for the gift. I pointed to my mouth saying, ah, ah, but nothing came. Finally, I said, all right, God, then help me to pray in English. Guide my thoughts and help me to pour my heart out to you, for I must pray. Suddenly, my mind welled forth with thoughts, and I poured them out to God. For almost two hours, I was there on my knees in the living room. The prayer was in English, but now the Lord guided the thoughts. It was never repetitious, never humdrum. What a blessing. It was rich and alive. The most powerful prayer session I had ever had. I could have prayed in tongues then or in any of the weeks and months that followed, but I did not know how. Finally, after four months of desperation, I cried, God, I give up. I just give up. I can't wait any longer. I will just make sounds to you. I will dedicate the sounds, and you will have to put them together. I don't know how, but I have got to do something. I began to make sounds and spoke what was about two sentences worth of sounds and stopped. I said, no, that was only me. And I did not do it again for several weeks. Again, I became so hungry for the blessing. I yearned to pray in tongues because I wanted every bit of edification I could get my hands on. Do you see the desire that's in him? I think that's a key point. So once again, I decided to pray sounds to God. I began making these utterances, and this time I went on for what was perhaps a few paragraphs. Then I stopped. I thought to myself, was that me or not? It was enough to turn me off for that, uh, so that for several weeks I said nothing else in tongues. Finally, I was at a regional convention of the full gospel businessmen. There was a great sermon that morning, and I became so thrilled and happy during the prayer time afterwards, I made up my mind to just keep making sounds until something happened. It took about five minutes, but gradually I began to feel my heart break through. I grew bolder and began to trust more and more new sounds. I stopped worrying whether it was me or not. I had dedicated the language to God. 
it began to flow more and more and my heart began to rise like a rocket off the launching pad. My praise ascended to God. Ever since that day, it has been sweet and beautiful. By dedicating new sounds to my baby prayer language, it quickly blossomed forth full grown. Then I realized it had been there all along, just waiting for me to use it. Just as I prayed in English, I was to do the praying in tongues. Uh, Let me say that again. Just as I prayed in English, I was to do the praying in tongues. God had not put it in my mind or my throat. He had put it in my spirit. Not only that, but I could use it whenever I wanted. It was God's gift, and God does not take back his gifts. He says his gifts and callings are without repentance, Romans eleven twenty nine. If you have ever had it, you, still, you have still got it. Just open your heart and your mouth and pray to God in sounds. Leave the results and any correction up to him. I just think that's a great testimony. And, you know, in my own personal experience, I was really blessed by that too. I was led into the baptism of the Holy Spirit when I was in fifth grade here at summer camp. And the teacher was Leslie Barker. And um, for the kids' sessions in the morning, they taught us about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. My brother Tim and I were in there. And we're like, yeah, we want that. That's a great thing. But we didn't know... Like, what did it feel like? How is this supposed to work? Because they laid hands on us. The kids gathered around us. I don't know. Kathy might have been there. I don't, I don't know. But uh, they laid hands on us, and we, we wanted it. We asked for it. We received it. Jesus said, ask and believe, and you receive it. That's the way things work in the kingdom of God. And, uh, and then they said, okay, so now you should, you should speak in tongues. And we're sitting there surrounded by all these kids and that's just like so what's the holy spirit going to do is he going to grab my mouth and i'm going to be possessed and start i didn't know what to expect you know it's just like uh uh and it was a little pressure you know and i was a kind of kid that was kind of self-conscious and uh so it was kind of a okay i know from that point i was pretty confident i received the baptism of the holy spirit but from that time, all through my adolescence, um, praying in tongues was kind of like what Bob was describing. It was like, yeah, I kind of did it. Was that me or was that the Holy Spirit? You know. And finally, actually the year I graduated from college and before I started teaching here, I was, Bob was teaching a camp session in here about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he said, you know, if you have not he shared his testimony and he said if you if you've not if you're not speaking in tongues and you want to or if you don't feel confident in speaking in tongues stay afterwards and I'll give some extra time and we'll work on it and you'll speak in tongues and so I was like great and so I did and uh, at that time I had a girlfriend Bettina the German girl and and we were sitting right back there and we stayed afterwards, and he just said, okay, now everybody get down on your knees, and you're going to speak in tongues, and we're just going to all do it here together. And he said, you're just going to let go and release and start making sounds to God and the Holy Spirit. You know, because we had all, you know, been baptized with the Holy Spirit, or he was praying with people to, to be baptized. And so I don't know what happened exactly, but I just, I just like, 
okay. And there was faith in me, and I just started praying fluently, you know. And, and God did a nice thing for me, uh, just kind of a sign, a, a manifestation. I started laughing, giggling uncontrollably, which, uh, if you know me, that's not usually what I am. I'm not a, so much of a giggler. But <laughs> I just started doing that, and I knew, well, that's the Holy Spirit, you know, because I don't know why I would be laughing. It's not funny. Um, it was joy. But God was just, that was before all that Toronto blessing stuff came out. But I knew it was just the Holy Spirit telling me, okay, you've got it now. Now be confident and use it, Okay. And I think that's what God wants to do for all of us. You know, you may be confident in it. God's encouraging us to use it more and more. If you have like, I never heard about this before, but I want it, and then uh, this morning is the time to receive it. Uh, if you are, you know, if you're like, uh, I'm, not, I'm not so fluent in my prayer language, I'd like to... I'd like a boost. I'd like confidence. Um, he wants to give that to you this morning, too. Um, just some scriptures. 1 Corinthians 14.5, Paul says, Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. He wants all of us to speak in tongues. I don't think he would say that if it weren't possible. Okay. Second one, 1 Corinthians 14, 18, Paul says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. I don't think he would say that to taunt people, like, well, God's not giving it to you, but he gave it to me. You know, that's, no, I think he's saying that because um, it's possible. Um, so believe that he wants to give it to you, that it's available to you. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 13, and 14 gives us another key. God says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. Uh, there's a promise there from God that if we seek him with all our heart, we will find him, we will be found. He will let himself be found by us. Jesus encouraged us in Luke eleven thirteen. He said, If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He's a good father. He's not one that wants to withhold a good gift from you. And so you can confidently approach him. just want to close with this verse from John 16 7 what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit he says nevertheless I tell you the truth it is to your advantage that I go away for if I do not go away the helper that's the Holy Spirit will not come to you but if I depart I will send him to you in the last October we had the seminar here and one of the things they kept saying to us is take advantage of your advantage and um, that's, this, that's what I think he's saying this morning God has given you the Holy Spirit he's made the, the power of the Holy Spirit available to us and one gift in that is the gift of tongues that we might be built up that we might 
pray that we might worship him on another level. And uh, this morning, do you want to take advantage of that advantage that he's given to you? What riches are available to us through the Holy Spirit? Shall we pray? Hallelujah. Father Jesus, we thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to us. And this morning, we want to yield to you. We want to yield to you. Someone has compared uh, speaking in tongues to like wading into a, a river. You can stand up and fight the current and stay in one place or you can relax and let the current float you away. And Lord, I know that you desire us to yield to the Holy Spirit. Lord, you want us to say yes to you. Lord, we humble ourselves and say, we want every bit of edification that you can give us. We want every bit of power. We want every bit of advantage that you have made available to us through the blood of Jesus and through the gift of the Holy Spirit. So this morning, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, we say yes to you. Holy Spirit, we dedicate to you our whole selves and we dedicate to you our hearts, our minds, our mouths and our tongues and we offer them to you and we ask that you would anoint us uh, with, with your gifts and particularly enable us to pray in the Spirit powerfully and be built up and built up, build up other people and minister through prayer. We offer ourselves to you this morning. And we give thanks for your gift. We recognize that you are a good God and we can't imagine all the riches of wisdom and blessing that are available through what the Father has to give us through the Son and the Spirit for what we need. Lord, we honor you and we offer ourselves to you. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning, I'd like to give anybody the opportunity, Lord, if you want somebody else to pray for you in this area, if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that would be a good thing to ask for if you desire it. Uh, if you would like prayer for a release or a activation of your gifts of tongues, um, I would encourage you, you can either come up to the altar and somebody, uh, somebody else in the congregation will come and minister to you or um, hold up your hand and somebody nearby will pray for you or go talk to somebody or just between you and the Lord. But expect that he will do, he will do it for you. He's a good father and he gives good ch gifts to his children. Amen? Amen. Amen.